Blog Talk Radio. And now on Blog Talk Radio, you're listening to Wine Talk with Stu the Wine Guru. Welcome to Wine Talk for today, Wednesday, March 31st, 2010. I'm your host, Stu the Wine Guru, coming to you live from sunny Coral Springs, Florida, as I always do. Uh, You can reach me by phone and the call-in number at 1-646-381-4860, or you can email me any questions at info at Stu the Wine Guru. As always, I have a chat room set up today, so you can get in there with the wine enthusiasts and listeners, uh, chat about wine, ask me or my guests some questions, or uh, just listen in. Tonight we have a very special show. I have a very special guest. He's part of a winemaking family that goes back a minimum of 30 years. Uh, the vineyards are Napa Valley legends, and the wine is Cabernet that is world-renowned. The wine I'm speaking of are Silver Oak and Toomey Cellars, and the winemaker and family member of the Silver Oak Winery and Toomey Cellars Winery is David Duncan. Welcome, David Duncan, to the show, everyone. Let me get David on here for us. Can you hear us, David? Uh, you there? Who do we have on calling in from 707-942-3964? Paul, are you there? You there, caller? Okay. I have a caller from, looks like, California. Take that call. Paul, you there? Yeah, this is David. David, okay. Now, <laughs> I I you got me you. now? I got you. I can hear you now. Can you hear okay. me now? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? <laughs> well, I have a lot of questions for you. I want to first welcome you to the show. I appreciate you being on. Uh, you caught that intro? Hopefully. Uh, just barely. I was just calling in. so. Okay, okay. So I basically explained to my listeners that I have uh, someone who's part of a uh, Napa Valley and Alexander Valley wine family uh, that has been making wine for over 30 years. And uh, I explained about Silver Oak being some of the, probably some of the best Cabernet out there. And um, what I'll start with, I guess the, the, the first question I want to ask is, why don't you take me back to the beginning, get my, get my listeners a little bit of uh, history here, uh, and explain how your dad had got involved uh, in the wine industry. Okay. Well, sorry about the uh, technical difficulties getting hooked no, up there, but no problem. So 
Yeah, so um, my father came to Napa um, in the early uh, 1970s. Well, actually, it was, it was winter of 1969, and came out at the request of a college friend of his, uh, Jack Novak, who Jack and Mary Novak uh, later ended up starting starting uh, Spotswood Winery. So we're yeah. we're very old friends with the Novak family, and still still great pals with them, mm-hmm. and uh, began to kind of realize the potential of, of Napa and Sonoma County and, and uh he also read a report at that time that was that was well known that said that wine consumption in the US was bound to go up and uh and so bought some property and we ended up buying a, a dairy here right in the middle of Oakville um in the spring of nineteen seventy two which uh, uh that fall became the home of, of uh, Silver Oak Cellars. Yeah, and so we we started making our our first wine uh, vintage. Our first vintage was 1972, right here at the dairy in Oakville. Wonderful, right? Now, give me a little idea of what it's like. I mean, again, I have listeners that call in and email in worldwide from a variety of different levels of both wine enthusiasm and wine making as well. What was it like growing up, uh, you know, around a vineyard and involved with a family that was making wine for yourself from your own experience well you know i kind of have a unique experience as as a wine family goes because when we started silver oak um my father bought the dairy and and uh he met this young man named brother justin and brother justin was the assistant winemaker at uh christian brothers winery which at the time was one of the major yeah one of the major wineries here and uh Justin decided to leave the order and, you know, basically was looking for a job. And so, um, and we lived in Colorado and that's where uh, my father was interested in moving to the West. So in the fifties, he moved to Colorado. So I actually grew, ended up growing up in Colorado and, uh, but we owned Franciscan for a time and of course started Silver Oak in 72. I was seven years old. So, you know, wine was always kind of the part of our, our, the fabric of our family and, Right. And uh, and we visited Napa and Sonoma County often, but you know I didn't actually grow up in the valley, which I think in some ways has been a a great benefit now that I'm you know following in the footsteps and in the family business because um, you know it gives it gives one a different perspective of of, uh, of the world and of wine. So so yeah. so yeah, but it's you know I, I did spend my summers uh, farming when I was in high school and college, and and uh, kind of always have that call to the outdoors and. And just you know, love it. So I've, you know, now I live in Saint Helena. I'm here in Napa, and, and uh, you know, here full time. So, and we're happy that you are as a result of that. Um, so, I mean, what made you and your brother Tim decide to follow in Dad's footsteps and get involved in the biz? I guess that's the the natural question. Yeah, um, you know, it's interesting. Really dating back uh, all the way to the first Duncans that came to um, to. The U.S. We we've we've always had some sort of a, a entrepreneurial streak and some kind of a of a uh, an aspect of family business and what we've done. Um, I think that uh, you know was, we always grew up. Dad would always say, you know, you can do whatever you want, pursue anything you want. I actually wanted to be a, a veterinarian for a long time until I took chemistry in high school. Uh, <laughs> I decided that was not going to be uh, the the medical side of things was not going to be my pursuit and then of course you end up uh, in the in the kind of earth sciences anyway with farming and winemaking but but um 
uh, you know, and it just, we just, I think mostly because it was such a great business and, and we have a very uh, grounded and well-connected family and, you know, in terms of our family unit. And so we're not, we're not, uh, you know, there's not a lot of drama, not a lot of, not a lot of difficulty in pursuing the family business. And, you know, today, um, my father's still active and curious and wants to know what's going on, but Tim and I really are at the helm of, of Silver Oak and of Toomey, and, and uh, you know, we just have a great time. Yeah, I, I mean, and it seems like that. I, uh, I had a chance, I was lucky enough, I should say, uh, about maybe a year and a half ago uh, to go out around October. I want to say we end up somewhere in October, September, October, and you were opening up the winery, in uh in napa right uh and uh, I, w- I have to tell you it was literally an event i think it was about it must have been 10 o'clock in the morning and the reason why i say that i remember it is because i was uh working in the in the the wine trade and got a chance to travel out to napa with a couple of my cohorts and we had uh specifically gone to a couple of uh wineries that were uh sponsoring us if you will and then we said, you know what, geez, we have some time. The, the following day we had some, uh, some time. We said, you know what, there's a couple of key places we definitely want to get to while we're here. And one of them was Silver Oak, but we didn't know at the time that it hadn't opened yet, or reopened, I should say. And so <laughs> we got there, and there were limousines. I think I mentioned this story to you before. There were limousines and, uh, and, and people getting out, you know, all dressed up. You know, it's like, wow, 10 o'clock in the morning. People are dressed up, you know, women to the nines. And... Uh, I walked in and they said, well, yeah, you know, it just literally opened up. And I said, well, yeah, I guess it's because it's 10. They said, no, no, we literally just opened up, like the doors. I said, wow, you know. And uh, But got a chance, as I've had in the past, to try uh, the wine, do a tasting. And it was just fantastic, I have to say. And I, my listeners need to, to know. And I've mentioned this before on the show, that if you ever get a chance to to try uh, to Silver Oak, um, you know, any either the Alexander Valley or the Napa. Uh, it is probably some of the best, if not one of the best, that California has to offer. Uh, and I, don't, I never say that lightly, so I, I'm, I'm putting it out there. Well, um, I, you know, it's funny because, I mean, I think you were here on probably the second most seminal day of our history, which was opening this new winery, the first being, you know, the first grapes we crushed in 1972. I mean, literally, that... That day, and the opportunity that we were handed um, by you know a, by an unmitigated disaster of a fire, um, you know, were, is really a special thing. And if you if you want, I'd share a little bit about that story and kind of what you know sure. why we were opening again. So in in February of 2006, uh, I, w- I received a call. I was actually at the gym working out, and that there was something going on at the winery. And so I jumped in my car and ran down here about 6:20 in the morning and. The Dairy Barn, which was, as I mentioned, which was the original building where we started Silver Oak, had uh, had had caught fire. Wow. And that barn, it happened to be a windy February morning, and that barn was built at about 1920 and was a wood structure. And just, I, I, I like to say I didn't know what burned to the ground meant. And <laughs> so, um, you know, so that was uh, a big issue for us, obviously, the, the kind of the heart and soul and, and the original, you know, very original building uh, was gone. And we all met that afternoon, and everybody's kind of said, what are we going to do? And I said, well, we're going to rebuild. And so um, the other thing is that we, 
are are on the edge of the floodplain here, and so we really needed to make a decision if we wanted to, you know, fix up the old winery and then fl- and then have the up to have the chance of flooding again, or start from scratch and be able to build uh, the building in such a way that we wouldn't flood. And so right. we decided to go with the latter, and you know, we're so glad that we did because um, we had the opportunity to do something that I think is very unique in in the whole wine industry worldwide, actually, which is that, you know, many, many people have come to Napa and come to other wine regions, and it's going on right now, with an idea of a wine that they want to make, and they build, you know, many of these people have uh, resources from other businesses and that kind of thing, which is not not the way that we got into it, but but they build this great winery, and then they start making wine, and then they learn that you know there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, things that change and a lot of you need a lot of flexibility, and so we were able to kind of turn that on its ear, and bring our at the time 35 years of experience of making Cabernet right here in Oakville, to uh, a clean slate, and so we built a you know the the perfect winery to just to make our Napa Cab here, um, you know we have separate facilities where we make. Um, a separate winery where we make the Alexander Valley Cab and actually two other wineries where we make the three Toomey wines. Um, we very right. much believe in focus. And so, and then not only did, were we able to and did we mostly focus on having a fabulous winery, but then also the hospitality experience and the guest experience in the Napa Valley and in Sonoma County has changed so much in the last, you know, 25 years. Um, we we used to have a sign in our tasting room that said if you want to have a taste, come upstairs and ask for somebody, because you know there wasn't much traffic. And now, of course, you know we have a full time outdoor uh, tasting staff. We have a winery chef. We do wine and food pairings, and so so we're also able to build um, this uh, you know a, a place to to greet people and to taste wine, talk about wine, enjoy wine with food. And so you know it's neat that you were here on. Uh, at the very dawn of that, and, and believe me, we've learned a lot since uh, since the day you were here. So you got to come. Well, on. I have to tell you, I have to mention, and uh, listeners listeners should know that it is a beautiful building. It was, and and on the landscaping, everything about it was just fantastic. I mean, it's a feast for the eyes as well. So when you go out there, when you get to Napa, uh, and you get a chance to go, uh, you'll see what I'm talking about as you pull up and. The, the way the building is situated and everything are, are about it and, the, and the mountains and so forth, you'll you'll see what I'm saying. Um, you know, it's, it, it kind of adds to the experience. And I think uh, wine, as everyone knows, and 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 uh, and I guess would agree with me, is that it is an experience when you uh, when you're drinking it. So every aspect of it, visually uh, and all the senses are are uh, are caressed, if you will. Uh, and you can borrow that one. You can take that one there. I, I, uh, I like that, Stu. I mean, I'm definitely going to borrow that. And, yeah, and, it, and, and it really is true, and it's really nice. And then the, the staff was outstanding. They were great when I, when I walked in, and uh, they took care of us very, very well and very efficiently and quickly um, but, and, and were knowledgeable as well. So I just wanted to, you know, you, know, you go through Napa, and uh, I don't think I've, I've never had a bad experience with any winery that I've ever been to. Um, but I wanted to say that, that their, the experience I had there excelled and was, you know, a, a head and shoulders above a lot of the other wineries that I've been to. So kudos to you. Hats off to you on that one. Um, yeah, sure. Um, so what was special about Alexander and Napa Valley as the, the choice for vineyard locations? I'm just curious about that. Well, you know, I think, I mean, I, I don't think there's any doubt in the world that that 
Napa is uh, is a very unique place to grow Cabernet, and I think that the Alexander Valley, you know, is as well. I mean, Northern California and, and this particular region, you know, is as special and, and unique a place in the world as there is to grow grapes. Um, and I think that, you know, one of the things that Silver Oak did that was, it was really a revolutionary idea at the time, I think, to my knowledge, there's only one other winery doing it when we did it, was, was that we only produce one wine. And, you know, when Justin was working at Christian Brothers and then at Franciscan, um, you know, we were making, uh, you know, 15 to 20, 25 different varietals of wine. And in those days, it was there was Gamay and Chablis and, of course, Zinfandel and Merlot and all the different, you know, types of, of, of obscure varietals, many of which have fallen by the wayside. And right. what, just, what Justin really brought as a, as a winemaker and as, as, as a focused and, and very passionate person was, uh, a vision to only produce Cabernet, um, because that is the, you know, this is the microclimate, this is the place for Cabernet to grow. Um, and so, uh, you know, I think if you compare it to the old world, it's like thinking about having a, a Cabernet from Burgundy, you know, you don't do that, right? Right, right So, exactly. n- you know, Napa is about, is about Cabernet, and Alexander Valley is about Cabernet. Good point. Um, so, you know, and I think there's other wine regions in the world now that are showing their stuff with other varietals, so. Yes. Um, you know, it's it's exciting, and and it's and I think that Napa has been part of the the uh, the wine experience in the modern era of the last you know 25 or 30 years, um, where without the success of Napa, I think these other wine regions wouldn't have had a chance. So you know, I really yeah. feel like Napa represents something in the business that is exciting and important. Definitely. Now, touch upon a little bit. Uh, tell my listeners a little bit about Daniel Barron. So Daniel. Um, you know, there's a there's a there's a fun story. Uh, when Justin Justin at some point in his career decided that he needed to hire a replacement and that he was not going to be able to be the winemaker forever, so in 1994 he put an ad in the paper that said, um, you know, winemaker needed at Silver Oak to take over in five years. And uh, <laughs> and so I, I kid Daniel That's that when clever. he's ready to when he's ready to retire, we're going to put the same ad in the paper. And uh, right. and so Daniel. Uh, came to us after spending uh, a number of years working uh, in vineyards in, in California. Um, in 1982, Daniel up and went to Bordeaux and yeah. was, was this, there's a story behind this, but to keep it brief, was picked up on the street by um, a young, a young winemaker named, or, you know, wine vintner uh, named Christian Moex. And Daniel spent the 82 vintage at Chateau Petrus. Wow. And nice, nice, nice. nice. So I, I, I like to give Dan credit for that vintage. Um, <laughs> Everybody so, know that. Yeah, and so and then Christian was also in the process of that time of, of starting Dominus, and oh, so nice. Daniel came to back to California um, the next year and served as the general manager for Christian for 13 years at Dominus, and uh, and so when this opportunity came up at Silver Oak, um, Daniel joined us and and you know so with his with his vineyard background, which is, you know, Justin was a viticulturist first, um, and so is Daniel. So what we do in the vineyards impacts our quality and impacts uh, our, what ends up in the bottle in such a large way. It's so important. Um, And so, you know, that, that uh, was the spirit. And so starting in 1994, um, Daniel became um, the winemaker for Silver Oak. So he's been here for the last, uh, I think this will be, I guess this will be his what, 17th or, yeah, 17th vintage. Unbelievable. So we've only Unbelievable. had two two winemakers in almost 40 years. 
And that's, that's a testament to that. I mean, the wine itself, it speaks to the wine. If you drink the wine, you know. You can taste it. It's just, you know, you can tell. Um, you almost the hands that crushed the grapes, you know, or, you know, that, that brought the grapes in and, and made it. It just, it just it comes across. It really, really does. Um, it looks like I have some, a couple calls here, so why don't I grab a call here uh, for you. Uh, i got someone from the 267 area code. Uh, I'm going to take the call. Caller, what is your name and where are you calling from? It's uh, L. Kimberly Smith, and I'm in Philly right now. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing fantastically. <laughs> fantastically, okay, that's good. Yeah. I've got David on. If you have some questions for David, by all means, ask away or from myself. Absolutely, Hi, go ahead. Thank, thank you. Thank you both very much. Hi, David. Um, I am uh, quite a wine enthusiast, <laughs> so I wanted to ask a question. I'm pretty positive that I have actually been to Silver Oak. Um, I've, I've been through Napa a couple times, and, it, and it's such a beautiful area. I wanted to find out um, if you think that there are going to be, as far as varietals go, um, is there anything that's going to be sort of new and upcoming for Silver Oak and maybe even for the region itself, or is it really now just kind of about um, still perfecting what is being done there as far as the type of grapes that are grown? Um, that's a great question. I think, you know, for Silver Oak, our, our – uh, our, uh, you know, motto here is life is a Cabernet, and I think that we are, Justin and Ray, my father, always had an expression that said we have yes, yet to make our best bottle of wine, okay. um, and so we are constantly striving for improvement, mostly in our vineyard practices and our, and our vineyard sources. I mean, where we buy grapes from today is very, very different than where we did, you know, even 10 years ago, but certainly 20 or 30 years ago. Um, and in order to kind of spread our creative wings a little bit, we started um, our Tumi brand, which is T-W-O-M-E-Y, uh, in 1999, making a single vineyard Merlot. And then today we make Merlot, Pinot Noir, and uh, Sauvignon Blanc. And so, okay. you know, those are some of the things that we are doing um, in my family to, you know, to have those opportunities to to experiment with other other wine varietals and other grapes and and you know it's just been a great experience. Well, how how is how much fun is uh, is making a, a good Pinot? <laughs> it has been so fun. So we started our first vintage of Pinot was 2002, and okay. in 2007 we spread out. And so we're we have a we have a dedicated winemaker for Pinot Noir named Ben Kane, and okay. Ben Ben has a, a also a wonderful pedigree and background, and he. Uh, got us into really some of the finest vineyard sites in Anderson Valley, the, the Sonoma Coast, the Russian River Valley, yeah. and, and uh, Santa Barbara. And so, oh. like, we sourced from Biendecito in Santa Barbara. We're, we're, I don't know if you're familiar with these growing areas, but we're buying yes. fruit from Savoy and Farrington and a vineyard called Monument Tree in Anderson Valley. Um, we have some great sites out on the, what's called the true Sonoma Coast, um, you know, which, which – uh, we're very, very excited about those wines. And actually, our 2008 wines will be released on May 1st. Um, oh, and great. So uh, I'd encourage you to get on the list and, and look for those wines because uh, I actually tasted uh, the 08s yesterday, um, and they they're still have their baby fat on them because peanuts yeah. take a little while. But, but yeah. they're beautiful. They're, you know, they're consistent with, with our philosophy at Silver Oak, which is to make 
um, very approachable and food-friendly wines. I mean, we're, we're not trying to make, um, you know, uh, wines that compete with other wines. We're really trying to make wines that you enjoy with your meal at table with friends and family, and that, that's what we try and do. And I just wanted to interrupt one second and say to my listeners that if you're interested in knowing about Silver Oak and Toomey Cellars, you can go to www.silveroak.com. And for Toomey Cellars, it's www.toomeycellars, that's T-W-O-M-E-Y, cellars.com. So you'll get more information. You can have more questions for David and more information about it. You can actually look it up while we're, uh, while we're talking here. So, and uh, and if, there's, if that sparks any more questions for you, by all means, you know, you can call up and ask. Again, in the number, 1646-381-4860, or you can email me, which I'm getting some email questions in as well at info at stewthewineguru.com. Kim, I want to thank you for Fantastic. calling in. I really appreciate it. And uh, good question. Excellent thank question. You. Thank and, you. And uh, calling <laughs> thank into the show. Thank and you. And I'll be listening back in the chat room, Stu. <laughs> you got it. Thanks thank again. Really- okay. So, uh, again, I have uh, some other questions for you. Let me just see. I think I have, I'll have some email questions, but I think also I have some callers on the line here. So let me just see what we've got here. Um, I've got another one from, looks like California as well. Uh, caller, what is your name and where are you calling from? You there, caller? I guess not. All right, let's try this one here. Um, what do we got here? Caller, what is your name and where are you calling from? Ah, I guess, okay, we missed that one. All right, so let's go, uh, I have some email questions for you. That have just been flying into my inbox. Let's see. Uh, let's see. First up is from Winosaurus. I love the names. From Chicago, Illinois. It says, Hi, Stu. I'm a big fan of the show. I listen religiously every week. And your wine picks and guests are fantastic. David, I love your Silver Oak Napa. My question is, are any of the early vintages still available for purchase? And if so, which ones? Thanks. Well, I would first want to thank Winosaurus from Chicago, Illinois, for emailing in your question. And, David, take it away. You there, David? Hello? David? Do we lose you? David, you there? Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Okay, I don't know what okay. happened. We lost you. Yeah, okay. I don't know. I, yeah, got, I got disconnected there. So we oh, okay. Away, uh, Sorry about that. No, did no you hear problem. the question? I did not. I'm sorry. I, I, oh, I, let me uh, back up. Well, I tell you, the wonders of modern technology, right? Yeah, I'm no, glad, no I, glad I got you back. <laughs> okay, so the question was is from Winosaurus from Chicago, Illinois. It says, uh, I'll, I'll just go to Europe, the part of the question. David, I love your Silver Oak Napa. My question is, are any of the early vintages still available for purchase? And if so, which ones? And I just want okay. to thank Winosaurus from Chicago, Illinois, for emailing in that question. And take That's it away. Great question. Um, I married a Chicago girl, so I have great love for Chicago, and uh, and so uh, happy to answer that question. So one of the things that we began doing very very early in our history was uh, holding back a library of wine to make available for purchase for for customers. Yeah. And so we actually keep uh, a library, and today our library is about seven or eight thousand bottles deep. Um, nice. Some of some vintages are completely sold out. We don't have any. Um, you can't buy a bottle of 72. We only have 16 bottles left in inventory, but um, uh, but we do have 
Um, many vintages, um, you know, particularly back to the mid-80s, available. Um, we also have large format bottles, so we have Magnums, 3 liters, and 6 liters available. And, uh, you know, if, if listeners are interested in, in purchasing those wines, um, you can follow the links to the website, and you'll speak to uh, a woman named Madeline who can, who can help you with, with uh, securing some of those older vintages and, and large formats that, that have all been, you know, under our, in our cellar for their whole life. So they've all been impeccably stored and, and you know, are available um, for purchase. And we, and we do a, we have kind of a regular re-release program where we make, uh, you know, certain wines available at any time. We also have a, a great cellar right on site at Oakville and at our tasting room in Geyserville. Um, so if you walk into the tasting room, some of those wines are available as well. Excellent. Excellent. Um, I got another question here. Next one is from Merlot No from Long Beach, California. It says, uh, hey, Stu, you are the guru of all wine gurus. Great show and great guest. My question is for David is, why do you change the percentage of other varietals in your silver oak wines with each vintage? Thanks, guys, and I will keep listening to Wine Talk. And that's from uh, Malono from Long Beach, California. Thank you again for sending in your email question. And, Dave, take it away. Well, first, Merlono, let me take it. Let me take on your handle. There are some really, really, really great Merlots uh, <laughs> back on the market coming out of California. And, uh, you know, some of the finest wines in the world, like uh, Chateau Petrus and, and Cheval Blanc, for instance, in the old world, or Artumi Merlot, um, you know, are, are, uh, are mostly Merlot wines. Yes, so hang in there on the Merlot thing. So we, we uh, the Alexander Valley, uh, since our inception and still today, has always been 100% Cabernet. When Daniel Barron came to Silver Oak, he began in 1994 vintage to blend in some other varietals. And, you know, the way that I think I can answer that question the best in terms of the reason it changes is that each year, you know, the, the season and the harvest and, and our vineyards give us different characteristics. And, and every year when we put the blends together um, after the wines are finished with their fermentation process, um, you know, we are trying to produce a bottle of, of Napa Silver Oak. And, and the best way that, that we are, Daniel and I are both musicians, so we like to talk about it in terms of, when the when the chord strike strikes the right harmony, and you know so sometimes um, we can be as high as 86, 87 percent Cabernet. Sometimes the lowest we've been is 79 percent Cabernet, um, and then we blend in Merlot primarily from our own vineyard uh, uh, down in uh, the southern part of the Napa Valley. We call Soda Canyon, and a little bit of Cab Franc and a little bit of Petit Verdot, and you know it just when when we're doing the blending, we might have 40 lots that we put together um, because we you know we we farm in very small lots and then put these put these wines together. And when you hit the the right place uh, with those blends and and the way we put them together, you just know it. And so we don't really pay attention to you know it ha- there's no formula to say it needs to be you know 82% cab and 8% merlot and right 7% cab franc and and so that's kind of how we do it. Okay, so yeah, and that's, it is that's, different. It is different every vintage, right? Exactly, uh, and that's that's the beauty of it in that it it does change up, and there's a reason behind it because well, and then naturally I would think, you know, you're you're picking you're picking it, and you're you're saying to yourself, okay, this tastes a little bit better with a little bit more merlot and a little less cab franc, and so on and so forth. You know, it all comes down to taste as well, I would imagine, right? Yes, it's all all done sensorially. Yeah, definitely by you know taste and aroma. And yes, absolutely. Next one I got up for you is from Boxo Red. From Manchester, England, emailing in from England, says, "Cheers, you two. 
Great interview. David, I have had your silver oak before in the States and found it simply smashing. I wondered if you can recommend a particularly good food pairing for it for an upcoming dinner party, and where in London would I find your wines, or do you ship direct via your website? Thank you both for this delightful show. And that's Bacchio Red from Manchester, England. The only place that I know that sells Silver Oak in London is at, uh, at Harrods, or Harrods, I think we say. And, yeah. uh, and, so, uh, and I'm pretty sure that they, they would be in stock. I, I don't know for yeah. a fact right, right at my fingertips here. Um, but we do sell uh, a fair amount of wine in England, actually, so um, hopefully you can find it there. Um, you know, the, the Napa tends to be a, a bigger style wine. Um, typically, and I think you'll find that true in our current release, which is our 2005 Napa, which just was released in February. And you know, I think that demands a richer dish. You you want you know your porterhouse steak, your right. your lamb, um, you know that kind of dish with the Napa. The Alexander tends to be um, it's a little warmer up in the Alexander Valley. The Alexander Valley tends to be um, a little a little bit softer in style. We kind of think about the Alexander being. A little more feminine, the Napa maybe being a little more masculine, if you will. Um, and you know, I think the Alexander. Uh, of course, we drink it a lot, so I I, I love Alexander with salmon. Um, I think that uh, one of the rules for good wine is that it should taste good, uh, you know, with with a broad array of foods. And and, uh, well, and exactly. the Alexander Valley really, you know, is, is much more approachable with chicken, and it also, is, of course, is just fabulous with a great steak. So now here's the question. Can you, since my, my listeners are from a variety of different levels uh, and different uh, enthusiasm, as, as I mentioned earlier, take us through like an average day, your average day, let's say maybe during harvest. Like what would you go through? So this way they can get an idea of what the process is like because some have never been to a vineyard. Others have and, you know, understand it. But um, I think it would be, it would be a very uh, enlightening and enriching experience for them to just hear an idea, you know, during harvest time, because obviously it's a busier time. Well, I think uh, something that's important to understand is that there's not a magic moment where you walk out into the, into the vineyard and all of a sudden decide that the fruit's ready. We're, we're really, I was actually in the vineyards today. I was at two of our vineyard sites um, that we own uh, this morning, and, you know, we're watching bud break. We're, I mean, I can already tell you we're probably a little bit late to normal to late on bud break and you know that so so during the whole um uh you know growing season we're we're in the vineyards all the time um watching what the vines are doing paying attention to what nature's giving us are we going to have frost are we going to have you know rain you know whatever it is i mean we don't really get rain during the summer um and so by the time you you get to the picking decision you, you know daniel and his team and myself have been in the vineyards um a lot and you know uh, virtually, you know, every day, some somebody is in every every block, and and so right. you know, by the time we get there, uh, it's really a, a fully informed decision to then pick the grapes. Um, you know, once we make the decision, there's logistics because we have to get pickers. We hand pick everything. Um, we have to make sure that the winery and our cellar master are prepared to take the fruit that we're able to get in. We we're not very big, so we can only, you know, we can only crush a certain number of tons each day, um, and so there's a lot of coordination, tons of communication, and uh, you know, and then that fruit comes in, and and we we keep it cold. Uh, we typically pick uh, early in the morning, and we have a, um, a, a a warehouse, you know, if you will, it's a room where 
where we bring those picking bins in and keep the fruit cold and then um, and then crush it and put it in the tank and begin the fermentation. Um, you know, so it's a very it's a very kind of a cyclical process, right. and yet everything is different every day. So you know, and actually, it's just such a fabulous time here. It's so beautiful, and you know, the whole valley smells of fermentation and cabernet, and it's just just a great time. I, I've I've actually said to you know to my listeners, it's it's an amazing thing that you don't realize that you really enjoy and love the smell, you know, that raisiny smell of the grapes on the vine until you actually experience it. You know, you don't, it's like, it's like a, if you've never experienced it before and then you, and then you, then you smell it, it's like all of a sudden it becomes like a, a almost second nature to you. It's like, you know, I've, you've always had this, this scent in your, in your, in, you know, within your nostrils, you know, um, and it's wonderful. The, the other thing that is important to realize is that, Every picking decision is made by taste. So right. um, as the vineyard gets to a point where we know that it's going to be close to being ready, Daniel will visit that vineyard two or three times. Um, we do not pick by committee. The decision okay. is made by Daniel Barron, our winemaker, right. and, and the decision is his. And so um, I, you know, I get to experience that with him a lot, but, uh, and I give him my opinion, but then he makes the decision. Now, and, I had a question. You, met, you said by committee. You bring that up because is it are there other wineries that might do that practice? Well, you know, I think you know people do it different ways. So mm-hmm. I think people have different influencers in terms of what the picking decision is. Uh, you know, it's lately been a fad to pick riper, um, and then you make higher alcohol wines, which tend to be more extracted and not as food friendly. So, so right. we're, you know, we're really looking for um, the right flavors and 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 the grapes being ready and not trying to hit some particular bricks target, for instance. Uh, right. Bricks is the amount of sugar in the grapes. Yeah, right. And so uh, so it's really done by taste. Tell us a little bit more about Toomey, how Toomey came about. Because I, I, you know, I know we, we, we discussed uh, Silver Oak, and I know, not to say people aren't familiar with uh, Toomey, but and probably maybe not as familiar with it as they are uh, Silver Oak. So if you can give us you know, a uh, little bit of information about it, I think people would, you know... Um, seek it out as well. Yeah, great. I'd love to tell the story. So in 1999, um, we had the opportunity to buy a beautiful vineyard site that we call our Soda Canyon Ranch, which is one of the places that I was today. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's rocky soils. It's in the hills. It's, you know, it's hillside vineyard. It's tight space. It's got all the hallmarks of really a, a fabulous vineyard site. And we really bought the vineyard for the Cabernet that was planted there and for the additional plantings that we did. But there was also Merlot planted on, uh, on that in that vineyard, and yeah. because of Daniel's experience in Pomerol, and he had always kind of had a dream to make a Pomerol-inspired California Merlot. Um, right. And in 1999, you know, he came to uh, to to my my brother and myself and my father and said, let's you know let's uh, let's try this, let's make some Merlot. And so we said, okay, let's go for it. So we we crushed 10 tons in 1999. It was our first vintage. We made 700 cases of wine, and um, we aged the Tumi Merlot in French oak, not American oak like silver okay. oak. So very distinct. Right, right. And uh, we actually called it for the first two years um, Duncan Cellars. Uh, and uh, interesting note. And so that was our. But we never labeled anything Duncan Cellars because by okay. the time we came to being ready to bottle, uh, we had come up with the idea to to call the wine Tumi. Would you hear that middle name? So 
Toomey is my dad's middle name, it's my son's middle name, and it's my grandmother's maiden name. So oh, a, okay, gotcha, right. It's it's actually an Irish uh, surname, and uh, mm-hmm. Vel- Velma Toomey was married to Walter Duncan. And got so it. We, we, Grandma passed away many years ago, so she never knew that she got uh, uh, that wine named after her, but that's that's where the name comes from. Got it. And, um, yeah, and then, as I mentioned, then we had the opportunity to acquire a vineyard in um, – in uh, the Russian River Valley, and so my brother is a is a big Pinot Noir fan, and so you know we started doing Pinot Noir in 2002. As um, I am, by the way. Oh, good, good. Yeah. Well, you'll love these OAs. Wait till you taste them. You're gonna you're gonna love I'm them. looking forward to it most definitely. So, um, so then, okay, now we have so Tumi started, and and I guess it kind of answers the idea of well, a Silver Oak uh, vineyard um, making other varietals, basically. Uh, you know, because I'm sure it, you had to have been asked for that over the course of time. I mean, you know, obviously my my caller called in had mentioned that as well. You know, asking about that. So w- was that to answer that call in a sense to say, okay, you know what, we should kind of make we're good, we're great winemakers, we have it down, and um, we should you know kind of expand it a little bit and, and take advantage of it. Was was something like that discussed or? You know, I, when you put it that way to me, it sounds like it was some sort of a like a like a business decision or something like that, and it, it really wasn't. It really didn't come about that way. It really was more of an more opportunity that presented itself. Yeah. And you know, we found a site that that Daniel was inspired to make this Merlot that he had been dreaming about for 20 years. I see. Um, and then we found another site where we were, you know, we're right on Maine on Maine on Maine, if you will, in the Russian River Valley to make Pinot Noir. Um, Perfect area right to make just, it. Just downriver from from Rocchioli, across the street from William Salyum. And, you know, so we had fruit that, you know, we felt would make a fabulous wine and, and uh, something that we could, you know, put into the bottle and, and be proud of and, and have people enjoy with their with their meals. And so, um, you know, we also make a, a Sauvignon Blanc. Um, that's kind of an interesting story. We Toomey's always been totally separate from Silver Oak. So right. um, it's uh, in 2003 we bought a, a winery near Calistoga. And at that vineyard site, there were these old vine uh, Sauvignon Blanc. Uh, there was an old vine Sauvignon Blanc vineyard that, um, and the, frankly, the the, uh, the ladies in the family, all my wife and and uh, my and my mom and and um, everybody said, you know, hey, we need, you know, we need some white wine. We're, we we like white wine, and so <laughs> so we had the fruit and we made uh, Sauvignon Blanc, um, and so that kind of you know grew into. The Sauvignon Blanc that we're producing today, um, which again will be released May 1st with the Pinot Noir. Outstanding. And I, I, I want to ask: are, are there any causes, any festivals, anything that you would you want to get out there to my listeners? To one, of course, be able to uh, maybe meet with you, or uh, or get a chance to experience your wines, or one something that you feel uh, is a is a good cause that people should get behind and involved with. Um, that maybe Silver Oak and Toomey are also involved with anything that you wanted to you know put out there by all means I'm, I'm sure my listeners would love to hear it yeah that's no, an interesting question I think you know f- from a from a family standpoint the things that we are passionate about supporting uh, our education and health care um, yeah. I, I serve on the board of uh, the Singalina Hospital Foundation here locally uh, my brother's very involved in the Lance Armstrong Foundation we've been uh, we've been uh, you know uh, affected unfortunately uh, like many families, by cancer in in in, in a number of different ways, and so yes. um, might as well. So I understand. 
Yeah, so we're you know very supportive of the LAF. We have a mm-hmm. actually have a, a bike ride uh, uh, coming up uh, May 23rd, where my brother and I and a whole bunch we have a team put together a Silver Oak team that we're going to ride in this event called the Grand Echelon here in Napa, and mm-hmm. we're going to ride 100 miles and raise money for for uh, the local hospitals, the the Santa Elena Hospital and the Queen of the Valley, and for the LAF. Um, uh, so those are you know the kind of things that that we support. Um, we also uh, you know, are very active in all in the local communities. Uh, we have, um, you know, salespeople in Colorado, in Atlanta, and in Boston. And yeah. uh, you know, so in 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 their in their uh, in the areas where where they sell wine, where you know we're often supportive. We we do we get many 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 requests for wine donations every year, and mm-hmm. you know we we tend to focus on uh, the ones that are in kind of our sweet spot of. Of uh, giving, which again really revolve around uh, educational opportunities and and then healthcare, particularly as it relates to cancer research. And, and well, if uh, you would, I'm going to ask um, before I uh, you leave the show. I want to get maybe the websites, or you'll send them to me, and I'll I'll make sure they're up on my website. Um, so this way, my listeners can get involved. Uh, in whatever way they can. Well, I, I would appreciate that. I put a challenge down to the team to to raise twenty five thousand dollars as a team, and uh, and then the winery would match twenty five thousand dollars. So we're trying to raise fifty thousand dollars for uh, cancer research through this through this uh, bike ride, and uh, I'm about I'm a little over halfway to my goal. So anybody who wants to sponsor me or one of the other riders. Uh, you know, we'd really, really, really appreciate that. Well, I'll get the information so afterwards. Much. I'll have you, I'll have you send it to me, and then I'll make sure it's up on my site. And uh, in whatever way I can mention it and get my listeners involved, I'll get them involved. So that'd be fantastic. fantastic. Thank you. Yes. So I think I'm just trying to make sure I, uh, I covered all the the questions that I know that my my listeners had here. Um, again, if anyone's interested in Silver Oak and uh, and David and the wines. Silveroak.com, www.silveroak.com, or www.tomeycellars, T-W-O-M-E-Y, sellers.com. Um, I think I've covered all the questions here. If there's anything else that you wanted to discuss or anything else that you wanted to go over, David? Uh, I, no, I think we've all covered it. So, yeah, Thank anything you. else we can do or, or, uh, or um, uh, you know, if, if you have anything else, I'm happy to, happy to answer it. So I really appreciate the time. Well, I want to thank you first and foremost for being a guest on my show, uh, and you're welcome anytime, and anyone in the family that wants to come on as well, um, I'd be happy to have you guys on. And um, as, as always, anyone can call in at 646-381-4860 to the show uh, to ask my guests any questions. As well, you've got the email uh, info at stewthewineguru.com, so if there's any questions you have of me for about David or Silver Oak or Toomey, you can send it to me as well. I will make sure that I have the information up about uh, David's causes so that we can kind of get involved here because I think it's important uh, to look outside a little bit outside the box of our everyday life and try to do what we can. And I think that's going to be it for the show tonight. So, again, I thank you, David, uh, and I, I hope that we can have you on again. And uh, I appreciate it. You're a gentleman and a scholar. and. Okay. Uh, well, I look forward to that, and uh, we'll look forward to, to uh, having you here and, and tasting some wines and, and having some good times. That's what it, that's what it's all about. Excellent. Okay. All right. Well, I thank I thank you, and I will. This is it for today's show. Uh, as I always say, if it's time to pour the wine, it's time for Stu, the wine guru, 
drink up, good wine, and good night. Thank you. Thank you, David. And now on Blog Talk Radio, you're listening to Wine Talk with Stu the Wine Guru.